The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. The show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Hey everybody, welcome in. Wednesday game day edition of the Leach Report as the Wildcats are in Athens, Georgia to try to get an SEC win tonight against the Bulldogs. 7 o'clock Eastern time tip. And Georgia is 8-4, and four, just got its first SEC win on Saturday over Ole Miss, so they're 1-4 and four in league play. Um, we're coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio, and we'll, we'll uh, be joined by Chris Fisher, the Cats Paws, Scott Howard, the radio play-by-play voice of the Georgia Bulldogs, and Kyle Tucker from TheAthletic.com. Wildcat news of the day leads off with uh, the Cats and Dogs matchup. Second straight game in which Kentucky's opponent has a leading scorer that just got eligible two day, two games ago. Uh, it was Cooper, Sharif Cooper, on Saturday. It is Katie Johnson tonight. He had 21 two games ago against Auburn in his first game back, followed it up with a 14-point performance against Ole Miss. So he is Georgia's leading scorer uh, on the season with those two performances. Kentucky's won 14 straight in this series. Uh, includes four in a row in Athens. Uh, Davian Mintz yesterday uh, did the media session, acknowledged that there's pressure to make the NCAA tournament, and I uh, think he's just being honest there. Of course there would be. Uh, they are rapidly losing much of a margin for error. Uh, in fact, I'm not sure there's any any left. So uh, this is, a, in, in terms of an NCAA situation, uh, obviously, can't get bigger than than getting this win tonight, but at this point, uh, I was on the BBN Tonight show yesterday. I said, well, "Might as well just not uh, talk about NCAA tournament hopes for a while. Let's just see how if they can get rolling and get some kind of a, a string of wins going, and then you can start to look at scenarios for making the NCAA tournament." Uh, will we see Dante Allen's first start tonight? Kind of sounded that way from Cal on uh, on Monday, so uh, we may see. The redshirt freshman from Pendleton County get his name called among the first five for the first time tonight. Last night, Alabama, wow, are they playing well. Crushed LSU and Baton Rouge 105 to 75. Of course, Kentucky gets a rematch with Bama in Tuscaloosa next Tuesday. Uh, Florida beat Georgia, or excuse me, Florida beat Tennessee 75 to 49. This was in Gainesville. So, dot. Wouldn't be a huge surprise for Florida to win in Gainesville, but to win by 26 over a top 10 team. It's been a season, and maybe it's you just write it off to the, uh, the coronavirus pandemic year or season, etc. Just some crazy results. Uh, Missouri beat South Carolina 81 70. Ole Miss over Miss State 64 to 46. Uh, UK announced 10 early enrollees for football for spring practice. Includes Wandale Robinson, Justice Dingle, transfers. Uh, Kaya Sharon, the quarterback from Somerset, so he'll get in and get started uh, early working on uh, learning Liam Cohen's offense. Uh, Jagger Burton, big offensive lineman from uh, Douglas High School. Maybe he could contend for uh, some playing time. We'll see. But he's going to get at least an early start on it. So those were among the early enrollees yesterday. Uh, and the U.K. women have rescheduled their game at Tennessee, and they're going to play it this Sunday 
afternoon. Uh, it had to be postponed earlier because of COVID. Links to the stories that we talk about can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. Chris Fisher will join the show when we come right back on the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones. 13 past the top of the hour. Chris Fisher joins us on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. You read him at the Catspaws.com, or Catspaws.com and at Chris Fisher 24-7 on Twitter. Uh, Cal's talking some about uh, analytics this week, Chris, in connection with trying to uh, maybe shake up the starting lineup and uh, rotations, etc. cetera. Uh, what do you think we might see tonight uh, with an analytics edge uh, factored in? Yeah. That's uh, that's how you know it's bad when John Calipari's talking uh, analytics. It's uh, very very rare for him to uh, to touch on that. But uh, but yeah, I think he faces a dilemma. And it, you know, if you think the substitution patterns and the rotations and the minutes distribution have kind of been all over the place, it's it's kind of because they have been. He's pushing every button he can to try to figure out you know which. Uh, which lineups are and which lineup combinations are uh, the the most effective? But the problem he has is that his best offensive lineup is not his best defensive lineup. And exactly, uh, as we all know, he's a defensive minded coach uh, at his core, and uh, I think it it pains him to see his team give up points. But at this rate. Kentucky, there have been multiple games this season, including the one at Auburn on Saturday, where Kentucky couldn't have played much better defensively and simply just didn't score enough points to win. I mean, you hold Auburn, who came in, you know, having scored 90-plus points in two straight games to 66 points at home, and you only score 59. And so, in my opinion, I think he would be better served with uh, with a more offensive-minded lineup um and you know maybe we'll we'll see that beginning tonight at georgia uh, you know i think some fans made uh, when we were talking people would talk about defense they said yeah Auburn got 45 in the second half well they had 15 off turnovers and a lot of those were uh the live ball turnover type where Auburn didn't have to face kentucky's defense so if right. they just handled the ball better at the offensive end that would have reduced auburn's uh point total at the other end you know they, they've when Joel Justice actually came on the staff, he was I think his initial position was in an analytics role. So they, I think they've always used it from the standpoint, some standpoint uh, of you know this this is where you know you're you're shooting the highest percentage on these uh, you know baseline jumpers. But when you uh, you know shoot a three at the top of the key, you're at uh, you know thirty percent. So they I think they've used it. To, uh, previously but i think it's uh it sounds like getting to a greater degree here because of the fact that there is such a disparity between uh trying to find the you know the the best offensive group isn't the best defensive group and the best defensive group struggles offensively yeah it's you know analytics have has gone hand in hand with the the three-point revolution that we've seen uh, across all basketball over the last couple of years. I was looking at uh, some NBA box scores the other night, and it, it seemed like every box score that I looked at, NBA teams were shooting upward of 43s 
per game, and that's a, a huge number. And, and you're right, that Joel Justice, and he's he's kind of been at the forefront of that for uh, for Kentucky. But analytics matter. You know, the numbers don't don't lie, and so you have to uh, use those in context, and you, you know, try to put your best foot forward. And I'm sure, again, that's hard for a coach like John Calipari, who prides himself on on defense and rebounding and really that would be the way he would prefer to beat you would just kind of choke you out uh defensively and and beat you up on the boards and and hold you to a a small number but i think there's a lot of parallels between uh you you heard mark stoops yesterday um you know about moving the the program forward and and innovating the offense and he said hey if i have to to you know, I want to win games, and if I have to score a lot of points to do that, then that's what I want to do. And so a lot of similarities between Kentucky football and Kentucky basketball right now. Well, let's switch uh, to football then because uh, your latest post at com is about uh, Coach Stoops' uh, his appearance on uh, KSR yesterday. Uh, what were the, the noteworthy nuggets of information you took away from his discussion? Yeah, he uh, he talked about uh, you know even before uh, he really had any any names in mind for a new offensive coordinator. He said he knew what he was looking for. He knew what he wanted the offense to look like. And he said in in watching uh, the Rams, he really liked how they played with with tempo and they weren't playing fast just for the sake of of playing fast. And uh, he said there's you know some teams around the country that that do that and as a defensive minded coach he doesn't really uh enjoy that but they they use a different type of tempo where you know they break the huddle and and get to the line quickly so you can't adjust to formations and things like that and then he talked about the the different uh you know playing under center which is something kentucky has rarely done uh under eddie grant in in recent years and how that's going to open up the run game and open up more of the outside run game where uh kentucky hasn't utilized that quite as much and then uh how the the new system will be quarterback friendly in terms of play action and uh bootlegs and and things like that so i I think it's a really good fit for uh the the quarterbacks bo allen and joey gatewood either one of those guys that will emerge uh in the spring or or in fall camp and kind of take the reins of the offense next year either way i think uh, it's going to be a, a good fit for the Kentucky offense moving forward, especially when you factor in uh, the the pass catchers that they have returning, guys like Josh Ali, the tight ends, uh, Keaton Upshaw and, and Justin Rigg, and then you bring in a, a, a devastating offensive weapon like like Wandale Robinson. I think the pieces are there for Kentucky to take a huge step forward offensively. Uh, Nolan Hickman, future Kentucky basketball player, uh, his team played on ESPNU yesterday. Did you get a chance to watch? I did. Uh, he had 14 points against uh, Montverde, the number one team in the country. I think they've won 40-something straight games uh, in a row and uh, really showed well for himself. I think he still kind of has that moniker as being a little bit underrated nationally. We have him at uh, at 30th overall, and uh, there's still out there that believe he's going to end up being the, the best point guard in this class before it's all said and done. And, uh, his his overall skill level, his ability to to score from from pretty much every level of the floor and and get teammates involved, and his length defensively, I think is a uh, he's tailor made for for what John Calipari likes to do at both ends of the floor. Chris, thank you much. All right, thanks, Tom. Chris Fisher, catspaws.com. We'll get to a break. Uh, Scott Howard, UK or the uh, UGA radio voice.
Going to join us next on the Leach Report Radio Network. We'll be right back. You're tuned to Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report. And visit TomLeachKY.com for more news and views on the cats. It's 23 past the top of the hour. We go back to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. Scott Howard joins us. He's the radio voice for Georgia football and basketball. And, uh, Scott, uh, I saw that uh, Katie Johnson has given George quite a lift since uh, getting ruled eligible by the NCAA two games ago. How has he changed the team? Yeah, he's uh, he's really injected uh, a boost of energy to these guys, uh, offensively and defensively, in the last game. Uh, he had four three-pointers against Ole Miss. Kind of helped uh, Georgia pull away in the, in the second half. They shot 75% in the second half and and uh, really played well offensively. And, uh, you know, we lost to Auburn, and that was his debut game. Um, but he played really well. I mean, he, he did a little bit of everything. He had 21 points in that loss, but, you know, he had rebounds, he had steals, he had block shots, he had assists. I mean, he... And he played defense, and Tom Crane really likes the way uh, that he's he's brought you know a boost of all of those things off the bench and uh, onto the floor. And he, you know he'd been telling us all along while KD was on the shelf, uh, that's the way he practiced. Uh, that's what he did in practice, and and now we're actually getting to see that on the court. So it's uh, it's certainly fun to watch him play. What. Uh, when they're playing well, as they were last Saturday when they beat Ole Miss, um, what's Georgia do well? Shoot the ball. <laughs> um, you know, and defense is a lot of it, too. I mean, Tom likes to play at, at a high rate of speed. Uh, you know, it's fast, fast, fast. And, uh, you know, hopefully you're, you're, you're scoring at a high clip as well. But uh, Georgia's problem in a couple of those games when they got drilled were uh, their transition defense was not good at all. They weren't they weren't getting back on defense, and other teams were just beating them at their own game. Is what is how we described it. I mean, the other teams were just going faster than than Georgia could, especially on one end of the floor. So, uh, you, you know, I, I think it, it's kind of a combination of stuff. When Georgia's playing well, they certainly score a lot, uh, but they also have to play some defense as well. And, and get some stops along the way. So I, you know, it's, it's not uh, it's not rocket science uh, for these guys. So if they can if they can get a few stops, uh, and Katie Johnson certainly helps them offensively as far as shooting the basketball. You know, they uh, they play fast, but it's not like Alabama in terms of the the number of threes that they're looking to get up. But I did notice, yeah, you know, once they've gotten into conference play, they've shot the three a whole lot better. Not a, not a whole lot more necessarily, but just shot it at a higher percentage. Yeah, I, you know, I don't really, I don't really see this team uh, as a really good three point shooting team. To be honest with you, I mean, and Johnson may change that a little bit. I mean, he's hit six of nine in two games so far, uh, and like I said, he had four against Ole Miss. But uh, PJ Horn is is a guy that's expected to shoot threes and. You know he's he's in the thirty percent range somewhere, and and uh, Justin Kyer is, is as well. And then there's there's not really a whole lot of uh, other guys who are really good three point shooters. They're good around the basket. They're good at the drive. I mean that's what Wheeler does. The the point guard is what he's so good at is is to penetrate and either take it to the rim himself or take it to the backboard. Really, he's only 
about five ten. <laughs> so uh, he he doesn't really get up to the rim a lot, but uh, he's a terrific <laughs> driver and penetrator, and he's uh, he's a great assist guy. So he he can drive and dish, and hopefully find an open guy, or you know he works well with Kamara around the basket and uh, those type things. So as much as as much as Tom Green wants to see this Georgia team be able to shoot the ball and shoot the three. That's not really their specialty. Um, they're good inside the arc, not as good outside the arc. I know uh, from watching Kentucky practice yesterday, they're really high on uh, on Wheeler, just how hard that he plays and how uh, well he sets up his teammates for shots. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's certainly uh, something the opposition, I'm sure, focuses on extremely, uh, an extreme amount. Uh, certainly Auburn and Arkansas did that. Is if you can uh, if you can, can kind of slow down Wheeler or make him change his game or you know uh, alter it in some way, uh, you're certainly going to affect Georgia a great a great great deal because he's he's kind of the engine that makes it go right now and he's uh, he's off to a terrific start. He started the season with three straight double doubles and points and assists and you know that had never been done in Georgia history and. Uh, he's he's a fun player to watch, and he you talk about fast. I mean, he is he is zips down up and down the floor as as you guys have seen. So, and he's improved a lot this year over last year. Uh, what about uh, defensively? Uh, what kinds of uh, looks do you think they'll throw at Kentucky tonight? Well, yeah, they they like to play man as much as they can, but uh, you know if they have to mix it up, but they they will. I mean, we've. We've played some zone a little bit. Uh, KD Johnson really helps George on the, uh, on the defensive end just because of his, uh, the amount of energy that he plays with. And, uh, you know, he's a freshman and usually you don't see a lot of freshmen that play good defense, but, you know, he's capable of that. So he gives George a little bit of a different look there. Uh, you know, this Georgia team doesn't have a great deal of size. Um, so it's, it's more about pace of game probably for Georgia. And, uh, you know, they get a lot of steals. Um, so I, I don't really know what to expect uh, really in this matchup tonight. But, um, you know, I just hope it's close and I hope it's a good game. Scott, thanks for the time. Sorry we won't see you, but uh, maybe in Nashville. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who knows? Maybe, maybe not. But uh, we'll just we'll just keep on going with the season. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, it's been a who knows uh, kind of a year that uh, we've had. Uh, we're heading to a break. Kyle Tucker from the Athletic coming up when we return here on the Leach Report from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studios. Look for the Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. Wednesday, game day edition of the Leach Report. And on Wednesdays, we chat with Kyle Tucker from TheAthletic.com. At his uh, press session yesterday, uh, John Calipari said, we have to break through at some point. So, Kyle, if it happens tonight or this week or sometime soon, what do you think that will look like? Oh, gosh. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, At this point, I'm kind of at a loss for sort of where they turn uh, to get right because, you know, I don't think their issue is defensively. Um, in fact, I think they're they're good defensively, and we've talked about that, and, and Cal Perry has talked about that. The conundrum is really um, where does the offense come from? You know, how do they, they kick-start this offense? And, and 
you know, it's begun to feel like maybe they just don't have the pieces to do it. Um, you never hear John Calipari talk analytics, and all of a sudden yesterday he was talking about points per possession, you know, and he said there's one lineup that's allowing like five and a half or, or point five points per possession defensively, you know, elite defensive uh, presence, I think .55 or something like that. But he said they only score .56 points per possession, and that's very, very bad. Um, you know, and then they've got a, a couple lineups, I think, that they've only used sparsely um, that approach, you know, over one point per possession offensively, which is where you want to be. Um, but the question then is what do you give up on the other end? So uh, I'm not sure what breaking through looks like for Kentucky. I mean, I guess the, the, the simpleton's answer is just, like, do what you did against Florida. <laughs> you know, be that team. Um, but some of that was just, I think, making shots. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what it really looks like. Does it look like Dante Allen moving into the starting lineup? Maybe. Does it look like it feels like that's going to happen? Boston? What's that? It feels like that's going to happen. Dante, yeah, moving I mean, into the starting lineup. you know, I think we're to the point that it's hard. It would be hard to deny him that opportunity, uh, and I think it would be almost silly not to deny your team that chance just to take a look at it. I mean, at this point, I think any, you know, Cal Perry's talking about, you know, wanting them to play desperate. I think he's got to coach desperate a little bit. And, you know, I don't think there's any harm in tinkering for a few games. I mean, you're kind of busted at this point, regardless, unless you really go on a run. Uh, and you don't, you're not anywhere near looking like you're ready to go on a run. So try some stuff, you know, and you know, at worst, maybe you figure it out by the end of the year and you can try to go win the SEC tournament. Um, but I think Dante Allen certainly earned the right to get a crack at it. There, uh, We were talking about this earlier with Chris Fisher. Uh, you know, I'm sure when they look at analytics, a lot of times some of their best offensive groups are not their best defensive groups, and the group that's, the best, as you said, the best on defense struggles on offense. So um, it's, uh, it's very challenging. And do you think all of that, the challenge slash frustration, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, I think coming into the year, uh, I think you would think most people, Cal included, got the low post score, got a couple of uh, attacking wing players that are big-time uh, scorers. Um, all I need is uh, some solid point guard play to make this work, and it hadn't happened. Is uh, that frustration uh, – uh, driving Cal to you know say some things that he's had to then go back and re-say. Yeah, I, I wonder you know just how much he's sort of feeling all of this. You know, and he's talked a lot about mental health, and he's talked about worrying about his players in that regard, and, and just how unique of a year this year this is when they, especially if you're if you're like them and you've tried to really lock down uh, and really avoid the virus, which they have apparently um, remarkably. Um, that creates a lot of isolation, and so you're, then you're not getting as much, uh, you know, face to face and one on one time that, as you normally would with a team, and especially when you've got a whole new one that that causes all kinds of issues. I think when some guys are not as good as you thought they were going to be, or as ready as you thought they were going to be, that kind of comes as a as a shock early on, and then and then just as a sort of probably hopeless feeling because when you sign two guys that are arguably top five players in the recruiting class. You certainly never dream of getting as little as they've gotten out of Boston and Clark. Um, you know, the other piece of this is Clark still being out. I mean, the injury right. 
you know, one one issue they have beyond you know shooting and spacing is they don't have anybody that can beat anybody off the dribble, and, and Clark is the one guy I think could, um, and he's been out. So, um, yeah, I do think that the just sort of the totality of the disastrous nature of this season has maybe rattled Calipari in a way that I haven't seen him. I, I, something is, is, is definitely different because he's really always kind of owned the press conference. Uh, and this year he has said a number of things that he's had to kind of either go back and clarify or, or obviously just aren't quite right and, and have, have gotten people stirred up. You know, from the handling of the Dante Allen thing to the, you know, things he said even after Dante has played to, you know, why you're sticking with B.J. Boston. I think the one that really put everybody over the top was the other night when he said, you know, I want to win every game, but I don't want to take anybody's heart, which is essentially I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings uh, or certain people's feelings, I think, is more the implication there. Um, that really surprised me because uh, that's, that's the thing you certainly – Nobody wants the coach to do, and nobody wants the coach to say out loud. And all that being said, I have uh, zero doubt that he is uh, tremendously motivated to win games. I don't think that anybody who doubts that, oh, yeah. I think it's it's foolish. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, it's like also he can't really catch a break on, on just like the PR hits because yes. while I think Aaron Fox meant it to be complimentary, the interview that Fox gave, Saying you know, Cal doesn't give a dang about winning college basketball games. I mean, couldn't <laughs> um, have been worse at a, at a horrible time. Um, but within that was the idea that like when you when you get the kind of players he gets, you're going to win 30 games every year. Uh, and and the whole idea, yes, he wants to pile up this NBA success and he wants to brag about it and he wants to hang that up as sort of the banner uh, under which he recruits. The reason he wants to do that is so he can get more of those elite players so he can win more games. I mean, the only reason that you're that you're trying to get the very best players every year um, and do whatever it takes to appeal to them is so you can win games. Um, so it, it's it's almost counterintuitive to think, well, he only all he wants to do is get these NBA one and dones. He doesn't care about winning. Those are not uh, mutually exclusive uh, ideas. Chat with Kyle Tucker. You can read him. At theathletic.com. Uh, we're going to get to a break, continue the conversation here in just a moment. We're about 18 away from the top of the hour here on the Leach Report Radio Network. This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. Chat with Kyle Tucker on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. You can read him at theathletic.com, along with a lot of other great journalists. Uh, a lot of tremendous coverage on your favorite sport. So uh, if you didn't give it as a Christmas gift or get it as a Christmas gift, there's uh, still time uh, to uh, jump on board here to get 2021 started. Kyle, um, last time you went to uh, McDonald's and grabbed breakfast, along with your Egg McMuffin, did you find any cash in your bag of McDonald's food? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> well, apparently, uh, we, we we should all be going to the McDonald's in Knoxville, I guess. I haven't actually read. Is that was that one of the details of that? Uh, that's that that's according to what Dan Patrick reported yesterday. One of the uh, re- uh, allegations is that they were handing out bag McDonald's bags full of cash to Tennessee players. 
Well, that is magical. <laughs> I, I need to hit that drive through for sure. Absolutely. Uh, would you like fries with that? No, but I would take some 20s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, uh, you know, you never know sometimes fact from fiction, but some of the some of the stories about sort of the, the, the function, the how of, of money exchanging, uh, changing hands uh, in recruiting that I've heard over the years are, are pretty incredible. Um, and that is, that is a creative way to do it. It also sort of uh, shoots down the theory that if you're going to cheat, always pay in cash because uh, that, that's supposedly the way you don't get caught. Yeah, true. Um, you know, it seems like things are uh, set up fairly well for uh, Kentucky, where, as opposed to this past season where, you know, uh, there was a wide expectation of uh, maybe overestimating the uh, the talent level, uh, but and and the underestimating the uh, impact of 10 SEC games so they started with a, a couple of uh, league losses and got off on the wrong foot and um, then they covid hit them the worst when they had to play Alabama and Florida so it, it ended up being a, uh, i think a season that fans felt uh, disappointed but with the kind of the reboot to the bowl game you win the bowl game uh now uh, you know you've uh, had a run here uh, under Mark Stoops where you're you know, consistently, you know, that group of games of uh, Mississippi or uh, Missouri, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, uh, Mississippi State, uh, Tennessee, you got to, you know, win the majority of those games uh, on a regular basis, and they've been able to do that. And now Tennessee looks like they're, you know, in trouble and uh, in, in doing a major reboot again. And uh, so you're, you're kind of in a put you're, you're in a spot now where uh, you, you have a new offense. Fans are excited about that. You're coming off a bowl win. It seems like just the, uh, the mojo, for lack of a better term, feels a lot better. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be in many ways similar to this season in terms of what it hinges on, minus the SEC only schedule, and that's court, you know quarterback play. You know how how good uh, is the quarterback going to be? How effective is the passing game uh, going to be? But you you know you got back some guys. I don't think that many people thought were going to return and did. Um, you know the offensive line news is enormous for them. I mean just just absolutely huge to get back some real continuity, you know, three starters on that offensive line where you thought they were going to kind of get wiped out um, and, and really good players at that. Um, you know, adding Wondell Robinson, there's there's a lot to be excited about. I think it'll, again, it'll hinge on the quarterback, but you, you should have, I assume, I hope, I shouldn't assume, I hope by, by this fall, you know, we're back to the normal schedule, and that would factor in three to four, wins that you'd feel pretty good about i think you're right you know vanderbilt's got a new coach that they're excited about but they're far they're far away from getting good i think so you've got vanderbilt you chalk that up i think you got to feel pretty good about facing tennessee for the at least in the near term um missouri is the one i think you got to worry about mississippi state feels like kind of a dumpster fire under mike leach right now i think you got to feel pretty good about that one um so yeah i I, I still am of the belief that if they had played a normal schedule this year, even with what flaws they did have, they're a seven-win team at worst, and I think more likely an eight-win team. And, and so then you're riding that into this next season, um, feeling really good about it. I think there's some. I think there's a case to be made that you could rank Kentucky 
you know, somewhere at the bottom of the top 25 coming into this season. Uh, let's get back to basketball. And uh, in the SEC, uh, Alabama uh, came in here uh, last week and uh, thumped Kentucky by 20. And they've already won at Tennessee. Uh, they beat Florida in Tuscaloosa, but by 15. Now, they followed up the 20-point win against Kentucky, winning again by 31 against Arkansas, 30 against LSU. Is uh, Alabama just uh, that good? Yes. <laughs> you know, I've been I've been pretty high on Nate Oates and on that roster since the summer. Uh, I did one of our in-depth state-of-the-program pieces um, on Alabama and talked to him and the, some of those guys for a long time. And um, I really liked what they had to say about approach. Um, you know, their approach to the game, they play fast and they let it fly. And, you know, they set an SEC record last night. They made 23 threes, um, which in the last four games, Kentucky's made 19. Uh, and Kentucky's most attempts in a game this season is 23. Um, it's just a whole different kind of basketball right now. And they've got clearly got the players to make it work. I mean, they've won at Tennessee, they've won at Auburn, they've won at Kentucky, and they've won at LSU already, you know, seven games into the, the SEC schedule. Um, and as you mentioned, thumped Arkansas and, and Florida at home, and those are two of the other, you know, top top half of the league teams. I mean, they've, they've already wiped out everybody in the upper half of the SEC, I think, other than Missouri. Um, and I would, I would have them favored pretty significantly over Missouri right now. So, to me, they're, they're head and shoulders above the rest of the league. Uh, they're kind of running away with it. I mean, Tennessee got stunned uh, last night, got another surprising result, got walloped by the same Florida team that Kentucky took it to in Gainesville. So uh, a lot of stuff doesn't make sense right now in the league, but one that's pretty clear is that Alabama is, is the king, it looks like. This is a, you know, a important stretch. Well, everything's important now for Kentucky. I think David Minch yesterday talked about, you know, they are – feeling pressure as far as the NCAA tournament. Uh, yeah, I think the main thing is just to try to start stringing you know, some wins together and just start playing better, especially offensively, and then you can uh, start to, to think about what uh, an NCAA tournament you know, opportunity might look like. But you know, it could come down to having to, to win the tournament if hopefully it, it uh, is played out. I, I tend to think that it will be. And uh, if you can do that uh, – to, or to do that, you've got to get a lot better offensively. Um, this is a team tonight that should give them a chance to do that. Georgia's uh, defensive numbers are not great. Uh, and then LSU's coming off this shellacking. So uh, maybe this could be a good week for them to get some confidence back. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think for sure the goal for this team at this point at 4-8 and eight has to be, um, like you said, just play better. Um who knows if they even if it's even really possible right now on their just on resume to get an at large bid. I mean, short of running the table, you know, I, it's going to be a tall order. I mean, they can't really afford to lose more than a couple more games probably to get in as, as an at large team, and that seems unlikely right now. So just just worry about playing better, and then and you know hope that you can go string together um, some wins in Nashville. Um, but, and I think a lot of people, the other thing I would say is, in many ways, this is regardless, unless they really just absolutely catch fire, which is, I just don't really see it right now. I think in many ways, this is a season about resetting the program 
um, because you you should, in theory, have a bunch of guys back next year. Um, there's a, a ton of guys who just are clearly not ready to go play any kind of professional basketball. Um, and if that's going to be the case, and you've seen some guys shine here and there, you've seen Dante Allen play well, you've seen Jacob Toppin give them way more in the first year than you expected in a year that he was going to sit out. Uh, Lance Ware, uh, at times, has been sort of this uh, dirty work guy that you can kind of admire the way he plays, even if he fouls too much and does some silly things as well. But you know, you've seen little glimpses. Um, I think Devin Askew uh, has responded to adversity and kind of kept kept his head up and kept playing and at times really shown some good things. Those look like building blocks. And so if this is a season about sort of um, setting yourself up to reset the program going into next year, then I think that it's really important just to have a stretch where they, they do play good basketball, where, where this kind of core group of guys looks good and competent and, and confident uh, even if it's not enough to make the NCAA tournament, because if you can if you can ride out of this season knowing you got a bunch of guys back and that they kind of figured something out before the end of this season, um, I think the attitude, the external attitude about this program would be a lot different. You can read him at theathletic.com uh, and at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH on Twitter. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Kyle Tucker joins us every Wednesday here on the Leach Report. We'll head to a break, come back and wrap it up in just a moment. The State of Wildcat History, presented by the new Rave On app. Tony Delk hit nine threes on this day against TCU at Rupp Arena. Was the school record until Jody Meeks broke it. And a happy birthday to former Wildcat sharpshooter Tyler Hero, now with the Miami Heat. KHSAA has set the dates for the boys and girls Sweet 16. The boys will tip off on March 31st at Rupp Arena. The Mingy Beef Jerky Girls Sweet 16 on April 7th at Rupp Arena. 15% capacity is what they're talking in terms of an attendance number right now. See you tomorrow. Uh, actually, Dick Gabriel will be uh, pinch hitting for me to recap uh, Kentucky, Georgia with uh, Mike Pratt, Justin Rollins. Thanks Rowland. for listening we'll see to the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leachreport at gmail.com. 